1: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 630 Chad. When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is overtime open line brought to you by the Canadian brew house. Now from the Terry Peranich team broadcast center, Reed Wilkins, Wilkins, on on Oilers radio, 630 Chad.
0: Denied Paul Merritt. Lead pass left side. McDavid's got a two-on-one. Wanders in. Wait, stitches. What timer score? Leon Dreisidle buries it up
2: McDavid. And Edmonton prevails. Three, two,
0: in overtime. The Oilers, two top scorers, get a break in OT. Leon Dreisidel, no mistake, his second overtime winner of the season. And the Oilers stick with it and rally to beat the New Jersey Devils in overtime for the second time in less than a week. Tonight, the final 3-2 at Rogers Place. Drysaitl a big night; he gets a goal and two assists. Connor McDavid with two helpers, and Patrick Maroon just keeps rolling. He scored the goal that tied it at 12:36 of the third. He has 9 goals in his last 11 games and he's up to 17 on the season. Thanks a lot for joining us. It's 1004 Canadian Brew House overtime open line from the Terry Paranage team broadcast center along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Well, Rob, they stuck with it a-, a lot that got us to the end, but let's start with the goal that decided the game and in my mind a stunning Line change by Adam Henrique. <laughs> well, there's another
3: word that starts with ST, that could go STU, stupid. Uh, I, I have no idea what Henrique was doing there. Uh, the, the Oilers had started in the offensive zone. They had some, some opportunities. Comes all the way back to their zone, so both McDavid and Drysettle had to come back and play defensive hockey. They were tired. Drysettle got the puck on the boards in his own zone, about 10 feet inside his blue line. He was standing still. He just wanted to outlet the puck and change. He gets the puck to McDavid far side, and he looks up, and Adam Henrique, who is the guy covering him, is standing five feet away from him, looks at him, and then just turns and looks at the bench. saddle reads that, takes off, and the New Jersey Devils have no one on the ice. And all of a sudden, the Oilers' best two players, two of the best players in the National Hockey League, and the hottest two players in the National Hockey League have a two-on-one Schneider, the goaltender for the New Jersey Devils, was furious. Merrill, the defenseman who was back, was furious. And I'm sure the Kid Wood, who had to jump on the ice and take the minus, was a little mad too. So stupid play by Adam Henrique. You do not change when I, I don't even know what's going Weird through his play. mind. Weird a terrible play. play. And it costs you or excuse me, it cost the New Jersey Devils a possible point. Now, having said that, the Oilers were all over. The New Jersey Devils in overtime. And the Dreisettel scores the game winner. But the play he made to Andre Sacra that sent him in on the breakaway was just beautiful. Across ice, McDavid to Drysdale, he finds Sacra Sacra unable to score. But the Edmonton Oilers, when they put Drysdale and McDavid on in overtime, uh, honestly, it, it's whether the goaltender can make a big save or not because they're going to get great chances.
0: I, just thinking of that Henry play again, I mean, it was almost like, like I was watching him and so many things happen so fast in a hockey game. Like I was actually watching him and thinking... Oh, he's going to chase Leon. And then he actually looked, and it, it was almost like, oh, it's going to be a two on one. Oh, look at I better him! I, better, I don't want a minus. I better get off yeah, the ice. Yeah, and he was still standing there as Leon went. Like, Leon had to skate right behind
3: him, and he's still standing there. And, like, you don't even do that in, in beer league hockey. Your buddies on the bench will yell at you if <laughs> right. you're doing that. And had he just stood on the ice, had he just stood and looked at Leon and stayed there with him, Leon would have changed. Leon was exhausted. And the only reason Leon took off was because, oh, look at this dummy here. I'm going to skate past him and go in on a two-on-one. And there was absolutely no chance in the world that McDavid and Drysdale weren't going to finish the game right then and there.
0: You know, I I, I still thought a bit of an uneven game for the Oilers, and and we'll get to that. But I think we want to talk about the big plays that they did make tonight first. And with 7.24 left in the third period, Maroon's 17th goal of the season. And and we, we talk about it. No, I mean, he has scored goals from medium range, but generally, occupy that area, dig for the puck, and sometimes you get rewarded. Well, two things that you
3: and I have talked about over the last few years doing the games. If, if you want to score goals in the National Hockey League, the two main things you've got to do is hang out in the blue paint. And Maroon was there. He was standing in the blue paint. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes you're going to get a beaten while you're there, but stand there, good things will happen. And the other thing, if you've got no play, throw it on net. And Leon Dreissel gets the puck behind the net, and he just throws it at a goalie in front of the net. He doesn't know if that puck's going to go in, where it's going to bounce, but nobody does. But he put the puck in an area that was dangerous to the New Jersey Devils. And all of a sudden, one New Jersey Devil defenseman falls, the other can't find the puck, the goalie's laying there, and Patty Maroon, who's a big man occupying space, puts it into the net. So I don't know if I felt at any time that the Oilers weren't going to be able to come back and score that tying goal they were controlling the play and their number one line had been snake bitten so much as of late that you knew something was going to go their way and tonight it did three times
0: three two the oilers win it in overtime seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three we have our old buddy Jam starting it off tonight hey kjam
4: Hey, how's it going, Reed? Um, I there was so much that happened in this game. It was such an entertaining game. Uh, for for how everything went on, but uh, something I do want to talk about, I want to get out of the way right away is the Taylor Hall uh, Zach Cassian uh, incident. You know, I think I think that this trade with Taylor Hall, the the interviews that I look that I, that I hear him do and see him do and stuff. You know, it seems like he's he's growing a little bit matured. He's had to learn some tough lessons. And, um, you know, the the pushback that he showed against Cassian uh, just at the circle there in a a little bit of a battle at a face-off. And then, uh, I mean, he he threw, obviously, was a a dirty elbow. Um, But, you know, I, I kind of see that as... As, as Taylor Hall taking the responsibility, one team maybe you could say, depending on the way you look at the the players involved, two or three teams too late uh, to really to really push back for the the uh, Sam Gagner incident, incident and. You know, uh, I think that maybe Taylor Hall should have should have fought Jack Cassian. I kind of understand why he didn't, but you know, for this, I kind of you know say that you know I understand that, that Cassian's gone through stuff in his life since then. But I kind of say, well, now the Cassian slate's wiped clean from the the Sam Gagne thing. I don't really hold this against Hall um, in terms of of you know making him a heel or anything at this point. And I think that it's just sort of clean sheet here on out. And that's
0: how I feel about that. Thanks, KJ. I appreciate the call tonight. That that was, a, and I know you and Bob were talking about it, Rob. That was a, a, a strange, I don't know if strange is, is the right word, that was a spirited sequence. I mean, Hall got away with an elbow. Okay, yep. it wasn't called. Yep. And Cassian's furious, and he out and out attacks Taylor Hall. Yep. And then the, Cassian gets two minutes when he probably should have got five. I agree. And... Uh, I mean, the original call should have been two minutes for elbowing. And, uh, so, I mean, the it was the end result was correct that the weather got a two-minute power play. But given everything else that happened, it, was, it, it wasn't correct. I didn't. Well, think. It, especially
3: because I didn't see the elbow off the, the top. Well, I saw it on the replay. Yeah, on, yeah. that's what I mean. But before the, before the whistle went and the, the big scrum happened, I didn't see the elbow. I saw the soccer punch. So I'm thinking, okay, ugh, Oilers down, or it's gonna to tough come back. You know they're gonna be down a man here for probably five minutes. Because I was guessing that Cassian was gonna get a major for it. Then you see Cassian leave the ice, and I thought it was because he was ejected. It was because he was cut, but I thought he was ejected. And all of a sudden you look up on the scoreboard, and the Oilers have a PP, and I'm like, okay, that's not how I had it worked out. Now when you see the replay, and obviously the linesman had to have called the the elbow because. No ref had his arm up. Even though they called it high sticking. Yeah, so there, yeah, yeah, it wasn't a high stick. I wonder, can a ref call an elbow a four-minute elbow? Or excuse me, a linesman? I don't think so. So that's probably why they. Call, I think they cover. could call a five-minute elbow if they. Yeah, they so major. But, right? but there was there was no call. So I don't understand how it came about that Taylor got the four-minute penalty. It was the right call if he was cut and was an elbow it was the right call. But the refs hadn't got their arm. There was no way that that was a delayed call. Mm-hmm. Cassie and I. I believe deserve more than two minutes for a sucker punch. Drop the glove sucker punch. It could have been a fight. I mean, I've seen fights where guys have thrown less punches than that. Yep. So the Oilers very fortunate to come out at that in that position. Uh, I thought Hall was fine tonight for the New Jersey Devils. They just... There's not a lot to work with on that team. With their top dude Neiman, out, they don't create a lot. They don't come out of their zone easy. Everything is flipping a puck and now they're chasing down. And the Oilers st- stuck with it. I mean... It's one of those, and you and I have been doing a lot of games. Had the New Jersey Devils gotten to a shootout and won this game, we'd have a lot of upset people, despite the fact that the Oilers outplayed them. But because the Oilers got the, the goal in overtime and, and they win, everyone feels good. But the Oilers are, again, playing good hockey, staying with in a goal, always within a shot of being able to win a hockey game and their best players became their best players. I thought Leon Dreisaitl was outstanding tonight for the Edmonton
0: Oilers. Dreisaitl, the second star, Hall, the third star, and Patrick Maroon gets to be the first star tonight. Fans are uh, continuing to fall even more in love with him. Fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. To me, it's an easy four star for the Edmonton Oilers. I thought
3: Sekra was outstanding for the Oilers tonight. He led the Oilers in ice time in over 24 minutes. He led the Oilers in shots. He scored a goal. He very easily could have been the OT winner uh, hero as he had a great chance. he's, He's continuing to progress, to be the number one D-man that the Oilers thought when they signed him last year. I thought he was a four-star. He was very, very good for the Edmonton Oilers.
0: All right, we'll get back to the phone calls in a second here, but head coach Todd McClellan ready downstairs for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine parts at wholesale prices.
5: Todd, that looked like a real
2: game that you had to grind out and you were able to do it tonight.
6: We did. It was, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, one of those trap games where we felt we had a pretty good game in in Jersey, and you're not sure if your your team is going to be ready to go against them. Um, I thought we started well. Um, could be misleading at times playing against them because you're in the we were in their end a fair amount again, but um, we could do a better job of attacking the net, getting a, a dirty or um, greasy, I guess is the term, goal like Patty Maroon did at, uh you know, for the second one, but. Um, a good sign for us is we, we stayed patient. Uh, we used all the minutes we we possibly had to win a game again. We had to do that in, in New Jersey as well. But um, I'd like to see us finish a little bit more for the number of chances
7: we've had. You put uh, <coughs> on the line together and about competing together a little bit. <coughs> um, uh, maybe the goals didn't come, but did you sense a little bit more from them? In... Yeah, they, were,
6: uh, they had some pace to their game tonight. They were on top of... Uh, on top of the defenseman, uh, creating some turnovers, rolling around on the cycle. Uh, you know, again, I think, I think it's coming for Jordan. Uh, breakaway, crossbar, post, whatever it was. Um, you know, he had that in Ottawa, so if he gets one, will the rest come? We certainly hope so.
7: What did you make of that sequence with Taylor and I guess the elbow on Cassian? And then I don't know if that gets called if he doesn't go after Taylor or not. Oh,
6: you no, know, it's not a talk about blows to the head and I, I don't know if Taylor's had concussions before or not maybe he has but uh, and I didn't think it was a very uh, clean play by any means and good for Cass standing up for himself
0: Alright so McClellan says good for Cassian standing up for himself. The Oilers win the game 3-2 in overtime over the Devils Cycle, the game winner. 780 we're going to welcome Cam to the show Hello Cam Hi Cam, do we have you? Yeah, I'm here. Go ahead, buddy. Okay, so uh,
2: good evening, guys. Well, first thing I want to say is we're we're tough. <laughs> we're finally tough, and that's huge. You know, nobody's going to push us around, so it's great. As far as the linesmen, um, Rob, you'd mentioned about the, at, at one time linesmen could qualify, no question, but I've always had it explained that a linesman has the right to confer with a ref and give his opinion, and then the ref can still make the call, which could be a four, could be a five. Does that make sense to you guys?
3: I don't know. I'd I'd never known that. I know that a a linesman could always tell a ref that there was a five-minute major. I didn't know that a linesman could call a four-minute penalty. And if there's any refs that are out there that know the answer to that, I I honestly don't know. I didn't think a a linesman could call a four-minute penalty. And obviously that's what happened because there was not a delayed call on the play. That was called after everything happened. Yeah, my
2: understanding is that a linesman can directly call a five. They yep. can, no, I agree with it.
3: that. I agree. I don't I didn't think they could tell I don't even think they could tell a ref that you can that it's a four minute penalty, but I don't know. I don't okay, know. Yeah, so. I had
2: it explained to me that they they have the right to confer with the ref, but however it works. And then the other thing I was gonna say is um, like not to be disrespectful to Taylor Hall, but just that that moment where he did that, you know, in a tight game. They had the lead. It was 2 1, correct, at the time? Uh, yes. So, you know, just that moment where he did that. Oh, it wasn't smart. It just, well, it brought, you know what it did? It brought back to me a flood of memories of just all those things that have happened where, you know, he's not always the most cerebral guy. And the other thing I was going to say with, with Taylor Hall, and not to be negative about him, I thought personally that his undoing here at Edmonton was the first time that he played with McDavid. And I was watching closely, and he looked McDavid off six or seven times that game. It was the very first, I think, first game of the year last year. And and I thought, oh, boy, like, you know, you don't look a guy like that off that's going to be the franchise. And I don't think we could have had this transition that's taken place here with him around. Don't want to be disrespectful, great kid, you know, hard worker, but, you know... Say, Levy. I thought tonight was a great exclamation point on the end of things. I thought I thought it couldn't have worked out any better for closure. That exact incident happening the way it did. So.
0: All right, Cam, we appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for calling 780-496-0063. The Oilers tough out a 3-2 overtime win over the New Jersey Devils. We don't get to the Japanese Village goal like tonight. We're in a bit of a drought. Haven't had it on since December 8th. The Oilers have to score five or more for us to turn it on on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Then you can go print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. All right, we'll go. Back to the phones. We have Alex standing by. Hello, Alex. Hi, Alex. Hello? Hi, Alex. Go ahead.
2: Well, you know, they're going to play a lot better team on Saturday night in Calgary. I tell you, buddy, that's going to be the game of the year, and I hope it's nasty. I hope it gets really nasty. And you know what? I want to see that Chuck. I want to see that rookie Chuck in Calgary get taken care of. That little bugger is running around the league, and he's causing a lot of... Uh, hacking and a lot of this and a lot of that, you know, and I, I think the Oilers going to make an example of the rookie to Chuck. And so, you know, for all the Edmonton Oilers, uh, uh, the team, take care of that little bugger and take care of the team, period, because if you go in there on Saturday night and destroy Calgary, this team is going to come that much closer together. I want blood. I want blood on Saturday night.
0: All right, Alex, he's ready for blood. Well, it's going to be a good game. I mean, the Flames have obviously come on. They're three points behind the Oilers right now. They could be a point behind if they beat New Jersey tomorrow. I think they will. The Oilers will have a game in hand on the Flames going into that Saturday night showdown, and it's going to be an important one, and I think Brandon Davidson will have something to say to Kachuk.
3: Well, I think a few players will. I mean, Kachuk's doing what he does, and everyone knew that that's the kind of player he was when he was drafted, and they thought that he would make an impact that way, and he has. Uh, I, I I like the way he plays. I, I'd like him if he was on the Oilers. But if you're playing against him, you can't allow him to run around and be silly. Now, we're, we're throwing that out there, not seeing whether he's going to or not. But the Oilers right now are a team that's built for those kind of hockey games. They've got guys on their team that can get silly as well. So... And uh, just a side note, talking about Silly, while we're here talking, I'm watching the LA Kings against St. Louis Blues. 10 seconds ago, the LA Kings, they've already got the Japanese goal light on. They're winning 5-1, but Clifford and Ryan Reeves lined up at a face-off, pushing and shoving. Reeves' mouthpiece falls out of his mouth, He goes down to pick it up, and Clifford shoots it down the ice. (laughs) It was quite funny. I'm trying not to laugh on air as we're doing that. But I, I agree with the caller. I am looking forward to Saturday night. I am looking forward to a Battle of Alberta hockey game that means something between two teams that are playing very well right now. And if you look at the standings, the Calgary Flames could leapfrog the Oilers. Yes. If they win against Jersey, which we both think they will. And they beat the Oilers Saturday night. So it shows you how tight this division and this conference is, and it shows you how well the Calgary Flames have played since a terrible start to the season.
0: Challenge Insurance Group is going to bring you the Taylor Hall post-game interview. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. You'll also hear from Leon Dreisaitl, who netted the winner tonight in overtime. Oilers beat the Devils 3-2. Dean, Miles, Scott, and Tony, you're all coming up on the phone lines. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Paranich Team Broadcast Center. And now New Jersey will bust up ice three on two. Enrique hits center. Over the line for John Merrill. Across. What timer to save made on Paul Mary a great read by Cam Talbot Talbot not busy tonight but he made the saves he had to make his save of the game for armor insurance complete a free quote for a $10 Tim card at armorinsurance.ca the shots tonight 34 18 for the Oilers so Talbot with 16 saves did have to make one in overtime on a one-timer so he gets the win tonight Rob Brown Reed Wilkins with you thanks a lot for tuning in in about a minute or two here we have Taylor Hall from the Devil's Dressing Room downstairs. But first, at 780-496-0063, here's Dean. Hello, Dean.
5: Gentlemen, how's it going? Good. Good, good. Are you guys seeing the end-of-the-year schedule yet? Uh,
0: yes, I've seen it. Why? Would you say that's essentially our playoff uh, do or die if we continue this?
8: Because I think we play, like, L.A. four times, Vancouver twice, San Jose, like, twice. Yeah, play
0: L.A. three times in the last three weeks, uh, play Vancouver three times. Uh, got a home and home with Colorado. Play the Sharks in there a couple times. So, yeah, pretty, it's it's a lot of Pacific intense, Division eh? teams.
8: Like that's pretty much do or
0: die. Well, if they hang around, <laughs> if yeah, they keep yeah, hanging around pretty, for sure. Well, that's yeah. what you,
3: that's what you want as a team. You want to be playing against the teams that are, you know, you're battling with for a playoff spot because you can dictate your your, your own outcome. So the Oilers want to play those teams. You don't want to be sitting on the sidelines playing a bunch of other teams and watching every night as you know LA and Anaheim play each other or Calgary and Vancouver play each other because you know one of those teams is getting points. So you want to be in the mix and the other schedule allows them to
0: do. Thanks a lot for calling, Dean. All right, Taylor Hall downstairs for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. They're
5: uh, obviously
2: a pretty disappointing result uh, to lose it that way.
7: Yeah, for sure. Um, anytime you have a lead in the third period, you got to lock that up and find a way to, you know, just. I feel like we sit back on leads sometimes, and, and that's not the way to go, especially against a team like that. And you, there's a way to sit sit on leads. There's a smart way, and and, uh, and we didn't do that, so uh, it's definitely tough to take.
9: What um, what
7: happened with off the face off? obviously things got a little rough there. Yeah, I, I just, I meant to give him a nudge, not in the face, but um, definitely give him a nudge and just wasn't uh, wasn't a smart play, so um, definitely deserved, you know, four minutes there, and if I uh, you know, probably, if I could go back take that back, um, you know, just sometimes your your emotions get the best of you, and you want to battle off a face-off, but not like that, so um, like to like to have that one back, uh, luckily they didn't score on the power play, but uh, just like I said, sometimes your emotions get the best of you
9: been quite a five, six day stretch for you. I wonder how you just, it's kind of not, not over with, but at least you kind of move past and kind of continue with the rest of the season.
7: Yeah, on a personal level, I'm, I'm glad to have these games out of the way. Not not in the sense that, you know, I was dreading them, but just, you know, it's a lot to take. And uh, all in all, I mean, I, I had a fun night, just, um, you know, the ovation. And I think I even got booed a little bit there by the end. So. Um, I I think you can say I'm a former player now um, after you get booed so uh, like I said these you know these last six or seven days have been kind of stressful just not knowing what to expect and having to play your former team but um, we got two points out of the two games should have been a lot more
10: frustrated
8: with the bad line
3: change at the end that kind of cost you maybe that extra point
7: yeah, three on three is—it's all about managing the puck and managing line changes, and uh, we didn't do that. I don't think it's for lack of effort; just miscommunication, and uh, that's—you know—that's huge in three on three. I mean, there's so much open ice, and you have to really manage that part of the game.
2: When that video came up, what kind of uh, in the first period? What kind of thoughts went through your head?
7: Oh, I mean, a, a lot of different thoughts. Um, you know, I said it was a weird night. The first first game playing tonight was uh, just a whole different level, even though I, I had never played in this building before. Um, you know, hearing that from the fans and seeing a video, and uh, it was all kind of surreal. So um, in, that, you know, in, in saying that, I think it was a night I'll, I'll remember for a long time, and um, I was very, very grateful for the applause and the way that people have treated me since I've been here. It's been awesome. Taylor Hall
0: gets an assist tonight, two shots on goal, Fifteen fifty-eight of ice time. His New Jersey Devils fall in overtime, 3-2 to the Edmonton Oilers. we got a quick news break, and then we're right back. Miles, you're up next on the phone lines. Oilers take it 3-2 in OT. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center.
1: Live from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio, 630 check. Said.
2: Drive settlement over the line, drop pass. McDavid wrist shot, save made. Rebound and that went off the body, Maroon and wide. And then thrown back in front, score.
0: it's tied the game two to two. A flurry in front and it ends up trickling behind Corey Schneider, who was down and out and never quite could recover. Patrick Maroon. The big rig just keeps on trucking. Ninth goal in the last 11. That was a big one tonight. Tied it with 7.24 to go. He's up to 17 on the season, and the Oilers win it 3-2 in overtime. McDavid hitting Dreisaitl on a 2-on-1, a minute 50 into the extra frame. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reid Wilkins. 780-496-0063 is our phone number. We have Miles on the line. Hello, Miles. Hi. How are you doing, guys?
1: Doing great. Right on. Uh, just wondering your thoughts on uh, power play. It's been struggling for the last couple of games. Why not leave the big line of Connor and Leon and uh, Patrick together on the power play and let them
3: give it a shot? I agree. Uh, I for for a few reasons. Uh, one, Maroons your your hottest goal scorer, so he should be on the first power play unit with the best playmakers. Two, it, when you split lines up, it kind of you're, you're always going to have a guy that's tired on the side of a power play. So if the line of McDavid was just out there for a minute shift, they get a power play, they're taking that line off, but they got to leave Maroon out. So now he's a little tired playing in front of the net. So if you leave lines together, for the most part, unless you throw a fourth liner, but you leave them together, they're going to be on or off the power play at the same time. So you're going to have them fresher. And the other thing is coming out of power plays. If you have more or less lines on your power play... When you come out of a power play, your next shift, you have three fresh guys that regularly play together. So I agree. I'd have Maroon on my first power play unit uh, for all of those reasons.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It just makes sense, right? I mean, they're so hot
3: together right now. Why not leave them together and and put the best defensive pair out there and let them go? Well, I mean, I I don't even think you have to have – you can throw a forward on – I mean, Mark Letestu. He's still out there. He's on your fourth line. That doesn't affect anything. But if they are that dominant as they have been five on five, you got to think they're going to be pretty good five on four too, with a little <coughs> excuse me, with a little extra room. So yeah, I, I completely agree. Then your second unit will be the Nugent, Hopkins, Eberly, Lucic, and uh, whoever else is you want as your your your, your that, fourth that, forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, Miles. The power play was just one goal in its last six games, so it's cooled off a little bit. The only goal did win the game in New Jersey on on Saturday when they had the overtime power play. Also, another note here, Miles. Before we finish the play, the Oilers have only scored the first goal once in the last seven games. So, yeah,
1: that, that's kind of amazing with the with the way they're going. But uh, I've been I've been watching this team since they were in the old Garden, so it's pretty exciting to see the way they're playing right now.
0: You and Brian Hall, eh? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not quite that old. But, uh, yeah, nobody's that old. Miles, no,
1: Nobody's that old.
0: Miles, you're going to finish the play. You can qualify for the grand prize. Draw $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service. You can trust Integra Tire. Experience integrity. As Russell and Paul Mary And Paul Mary missed with an overhand right. And Russell landed a right hand. All right, a little bit of a scrap there between Palmieri and Russell. That was at the end of what period? End of the second period. As Russell and Palmieri, and Palmieri missed with an overhand right, and Russell landed a right hand. Quickly, the linesmen move in to separate, and all of a sudden, it's getting rough. Miles at the 20-minute mark of the first period. Oh, my goodness. Well, well, Miles will call in again. We'll give him another Yeah, I, I couldn't
3: look quick enough to see if he was right or not. My fault for not helping him out.
0: That's all right. Oilers win 3-2 in overtime. Before we go back to the phones, Leon Drysettle had the game winner. Here he is for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine parts at wholesale prices. Connor, I mean,
10: Leon. <laughs> Jeez. I wish. I,
0: I you wish.
8: must have known that was coming from Connor, though, in overtime
10: there on the winner of the entire time. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, I mean, with him, you always have to be ready. You know, he can he can make things happen out of nothing. And, um, you know, uh, what, what a nice pass. And it was uh, pretty pretty easy to tap that one in. How big is that win, Leon? Just points at <coughs> pace with the Sharks and the Ducks and all of that. Yeah, it's huge. Um, you know, it's basically playoff time for us right now. You know, we need every single point. Um, uh, you know, every team is battling for a playoff spot right now. And, um, you know, we're we're, we're in the... We're in the hunt, so, um, you know, we're, we're, we're thankful for every point we get.
8: Another big uh, game for your line. It just seems like as the game moves along, you guys just continue to feed off each other and get more dangerous.
10: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I said it earlier. Um, I think we, we complement each other really well, and, um, you know, we all like making plays, but we also have that drive to the net. So, um, so far, it's been working for us. You guys have shown a knack that when it doesn't look like the game is going your way, and you sort of still stick with it and, and find ways to pull it out. Yeah, yeah um, you know, I think the first two periods we we had our looks, but it wasn't it wasn't because uh, consistent. You know, it wasn't every shift, but um, you know that's when you have to stick with it, and that's when you have to, you know, bear down and and uh, like I said, stick with it, and uh, we yeah. did that tonight. Uh, Patty scored a huge goal for so us. You, you got Calgary coming in here for the first time in a long time. breathe in- that's uh, Leon Drysaddle.
0: It is Leon Drysaddle. Thanks, Brendan Allrick, who accidentally called him Connor. I love Leon's (laughs) reaction. Did you hear that? He
3: goes, I wish. (laughs) (laughs) No doubt. So do I some days. But those two, well, I mean, they're like twins out there right now. They play the the game so well together. They understand each other well. They know where each other should be. And I I think everybody in the arena tonight, all 18,000-plus, knew on that two-on-one that Leon Dreisaitl was going to be putting his hands up very quickly as that puck was going to come to him and he was going to put it in the back of the net. Great pass, great finish. And a very good game for the Edmonton Oilers, getting the two points.
0: The Oilers have won four games that have ended in overtime. Dreisaitl with two of the winners, Letestu and Nugent Hopkins, with the other ones. In terms of games tied after 60 minutes, they're now 6-7, and so that includes overtimes and shootouts. You know, it it was one of those games where you felt like, are they going to get over the the hump? Are they going to get over the hump? I was getting a little nervous, Rob, because at times, and then they took, I, I thought they really took over after Maroon tied it, or maybe even a couple minutes before that. But, you know, I, I saw a few, oh, man, those long, and you mentioned it earlier, too, those long kind of hope passes through the neutral zone. New Jersey would step in front or tip it away. And I was like, oh, man, are they going to maybe get a little more patient here and, and move it up ice with some shorter, crisper passes?
3: Well, we were talking before, the New Jersey Devils are a team that they trap it up in the middle. They have to. They're not talented enough to, to, to be able to, to trade chances with you. So they trap it up and hope to win a game 2-1. And the Oilers played into it for times over the two games they played against them. But once they get the roll and get the pucks in deep, that's when they get their offense going. We saw the tying goal. They got the puck in deep. They got it behind the net. And despite what Mike Johnson said the other day on Bob Stauffer's show when he said that most goals in the NHL are scored on the rush, I disagree. Most goals in the NHL are scored on in-zone offensive plays, starting from down low, getting the cycle going, taking the puck to the net. That's what the Oilers did. And it was their number one line that created the chance and their number one line that finished it is Patty Maroon put in a dry sidle feed, tied the game, and at that point you knew the others were not only getting one point, they were getting the second.
0: Well Maroon also won it with four minutes left off an absolute gift from John Merrill. Oh you know what was funny when that happened, I said
3: I was thinking in my head, Patrick Line scored on himself here yep. earlier this year, and that was an embarrassing moment for that young man. This play by John Merrill was no less embarrassing had Patty Maroon scored cuz John Merrill was in his own end of a of a tie game nobody on him all the time in the world and you cannot pass a better pass than he'd put on Patrick Maroon's stick. Like it was, I, today with my young kids at school, we practice passing and I might take that clip and show them (laughs) here's exactly how to make a nice crisp stick-to-stick pass. And uh, Corey Schneider had to bail his defensive partner out on that one, make a big save on Patrick Maroon because that was absolutely horrific, especially the the pass and the timing of the pass for, for the New Jersey Devils. Schneider, who was very good again tonight, he had no chance on the goals against, and unfortunately, his season has not gone the way he wanted. And it's because his team cannot score.
0: Three two Oilers win it in overtime. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll say good evening to Scott. Hello, Scott.
1: Hey, thanks for taking the call, guys. Uh, watching the game tonight, I really did predict beforehand that we we're going to blow these guys out tonight. Especially if you look down their defense, that the injuries and whatever they have. um with that being said, uh, well, obviously glad that we got the, the victory, but it was a uh, hard fought to get, I tell you that much.
3: Well, New Jersey, I mean, the effort's there for them. I don't think the skill level is comparable to a lot of the good teams in the National Hockey League, but they do work hard. They try to block shots. They they, 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 they do the little things. They just are not blessed with a whole lot of talent. For, I mean, they got probably three, four forwards, and they got one... Defensemen that you would call good, strong players. The rest are a bunch of guys that are. severson Stevenson's got 20 points, so he's and he's just, minus 25. True.
1: Yes. So. No, I don't know. I think the Oilers have always had a trouble with uh, the trap teams. But you know, I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about uh, you know, earlier in the season when we played at Toronto in Toronto. Um, you looked at uh, the post game and. Uh, you had uh Babcock criticizing um McClellan about the way he used McDavid and blah 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 um and it seemed like I much I didn't check ice times or anything for that game, but I know he played a lot that game yep, I'm just kind of wondering why I know you look at the Gretzky years, which I grew up through, uh Gretzky played the first line he third line I mean so I say they played him like like a horse. Uh, I hope uh, McClellan doesn't, uh, you know, it's in the back of his head that, you know, okay, well, I don't want to look like a dummy or something, you know.
3: McDavid, I, I think he needs more ice. Connor McDavid played 24 minutes tonight. Did which, he really? Okay. Yes, which is an exceptional amount for a forward. It is, yeah. And I think yeah. he's in the top five forwards in the NHL, something along that line. He plays a lot. Mike Babcock apologized afterwards. He
0: was being a little Okay. Peaky. Yeah,
3: yeah. I, he was, I think he was kind of like, I don't know if it was smugness about it but yeah you know what we know what we're doing he tired him out we just kept putting our guys out against him he apologized yeah. to tom McCullough afterwards he knew that it was wrong what he said i don't think you're ever gonna have to worry about connor mcdavid not getting the ice time that he needs or deserves tom McCullough knows what kind of special player he has in connor
0: and he's used to getting it and and uh, scott to your point hopefully at some point the oilers do Since the beginning of December, it hasn't happened a lot because, as Rob and I joke, every game is tighter within a goal after second period. But hopefully they do have a game maybe in the near future they can control and you roll four lines down the stretch or maybe Connor's line even might be the shortened line late in the game. But, yeah, I mean, in terms of expecting a blowout, I d I don't I, I understand why you would you would think that. I mean I think the Oilers are a better team than the Devils, but there just aren't a lot in the NHL and I think especially where the Oilers are at in their development, with Todd McClellan often calls them a growth team. And I still think we have seen a there I, I still think they're in a stretch here where they haven't had good first periods. And they, they, I I thought they were better in the first tonight than they were against San Jose, but I still thought they could have dictated more.
3: Oh, I agree. I, I think that one of the reasons this game went down to the wire is the New Jersey Devils coming in here after being totally outclassed by the Oilers last time got through the first 10-12 minutes of this game and they're thinking, we're still in this. And they gained some confidence and, and it carried on. And in the second period again, the Oilers came out strong and they didn't Push hard enough that they, they created separation, and the New Jersey Devils again felt, you know what, we're in this game. Um, the Oilers are going to have a hard time blowing anyone out because right now they've got a first line that is scoring, not at will, but scoring very consistently. But they've got a number of players on this team that are snake bitten. And, and so the Jordan Eberleys, the Nugent Hopkins, the Pouliots, the Cassians. It's hard to blow a team out when you got guys that are going 15, 20, 30 games without goals. So the Oilers are not a team that's going to score a ton of goals, but they're a team right now that is finding a way to score one goal more than its opposition on a lot of these nights.
0: All right, the Oilers take it 3-2 in overtime. Tony, Daniel, Doug, you're up next on the phones. We got to call a quick timeout here. It's Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center. This
1: is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center. Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, six thirty, Chad.
0: Yeah, L.A. just all over St. Louis tonight, 5-1 with 14 minutes left as we check the Advantage Trailer Rentals scoreboard. The Flyers outlast the Canucks 5-4 in a shootout. Senators beat the Penguins 4-1. Lightning knock off the Sabres 4-2. Nashville wins at home, 2-1 over Boston. Minnesota crushing the Canadians 7-1. Dallas knocks off the Red Wings 5-2. Anaheim gets a 4-1 decision in Colorado. And here at Rogers Place, in overtime, Dreisaitl the winner. Oilers beat the Devils 3-2. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins, and we have Tony on the phone line. Tony, thank you for calling.
4: Hi, I got two things. First one is nothing against... Laurent Bourgeois and Cam Talbot, because Talbot's been amazing this year. But are we going to be looking for another goaltender to back up Talbot for when the night that he doesn't
3: want to be in net or he's too tired? Huh. And I don't my think second any one, games that he's not going to want to be in net. There might be some games the coaches think he's too tired, but uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything out there that the others can get that they're going to bring in at this point.
4: And my second one in, my second question is, I've been reading about um, Colorado having um, Duchene, Landis Gogg, I don't know who else is um, wanting to get wanting to get traded, but do you think there's any chance that we can possibly get those guys to replace maybe Everly and maybe Pugliot so that we can actually have some um, depth no. with Ryan Nugent Hopkins?
0: No, going a chance. It's going to be tough. Well, Not a chance. I mean,
3: I I don't think so. I, I, I really don't. I, it'd be nice. I mean, Duchesne and his speed, we've seen him in, in, in the Olympics. We've seen him and uh, how how talented he is. Landis Gog's a, a good leader, but I, I don't see them coming to the Edmonton Oilers, no.
0: 780 We have Daniel on the line as well. Hi, Daniel. Good evening, guys. Hi.
11: Yeah, first of all, I just want to say, you know, I can remember watching, say, they're playing the old Edmonton Gardens, and I guess I can say this, in all my years, you two put on or work together so well as a post-game show, and I just so thoroughly enjoy it. So thanks very much.
3: Well, thank you very much. Um, That's very kind.
11: Um, what I really enjoyed about tonight's game was the fact that many of the one-on-one battles i saw the oilers players or very various players going in with what i what i would term as tenacity and they came out with a puck and many times i saw saw the oilers reacting or rather initiating instead of always reacting and it seemed like the more brace of the game became the better the, the more the oilers started to to just thrive. And I just wondered about your thoughts about that. And I, I'm sure looking forward to Saturday.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot of people that are looking forward to, to Saturday's game against the Flames. So many of us grew up watching the Battle of Alberta and the excitement. I mean, there was always a different feeling. Remember when you come to the game when it was Calgary and Edmonton, the people. I mean, there'll be a lot of Flame fans here. They got their jerseys on. There's chants outside. Just a different electricity in the house. And it was gone for a number of years simply because both teams weren't very good. So I'm looking forward to it. And as far as your the, the Oilers are a much more abrasive team this year. It's what Peter Shirelli wanted. He, he, he's got a team now that uh, – there's nights they go into the corners with a little snarl. And that's not what we've seen in the past. You were right. The Oilers were a team that reacted. But now they're a team that initiates. And it shows in the standings. I mean, this is a team that is in the top what, 12, 13 in the NHL that has been in the bottom of three or four for, for a decade.
0: Yeah, well, and I think some of those lineup changes and that snarl is the adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better. With help from your chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. And maybe a perfect example is the Cassian attack on Halt. <laughs> and look, that was, if he would have got a five-minute major and the Devils would have had a power play and they would have scored three to end the game... People wouldn't have liked it, but the Oilers do have some guys who will sort of snap a little bit sometimes, or or even unexpected guys like Benning fighting the other night. Who will who will step up and, and get their nose dirty? It's ten fifty-six. We've got to take a quick time out and bring you the news and weather as well. Doug, you're next on the phone lines, and you're going to hear from Adam Larson, who beats his old team again tonight, and Devil's coach John Hines. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Live from, from, the from the Terry Perez Team Broadcast, team
1: Broadcast Center. Center. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House on Oilers Radio. 6:30 Chad
0: side Dreisaitl, a goal and two assists. He gets the game winner. The Oilers knock off the Devils 3-2 in overtime. Connor McDavid, two assists tonight. Patrick Maroon scores his 17th. Andre Sekra got his fifth. The Oilers come from behind to knock off the Devils again, second time in the last week. Thanks for staying with us. It's 1105-780-496-0063. I'm Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown alongside, and we have Doug on the phone line. Hey, Doug.
5: Hey, Rob Reed. How's it going? Good. Listen, guys, uh, you both stole a little bit of my thunder before the break there. But, uh, Reed, I w- I'm right with you. I-, I was a little worried about the way this game was going tonight. Uh, it just seemed like the longer it went, the longer it went, uh, we weren't getting nothing done offensively or popping a goal. It was- we were chasing the game again. And, boy, oh, boy, I just uh, I- 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 going back to Rob's point, we're just not getting any scoring from anybody else right now in the top line, eh? Uh, I, I, what can you do about it besides just slug it out? You're not going to make any big wholesale trades or anything like that. It's, it's not going to happen, like you guys said. We're not going to get top line guy like Duchesne or whatever. Uh, I, I don't know. What do you do? I mean, I was just thinking to myself, I know we've had a tough time finding somebody to play on the right side with uh, McDavid, other than Drysdale, of course, but to get some secondary scoring. I'd still like to see Leon as our second line center somewhere with somebody to try to spread a little more scoring. What's your guys' thoughts?
3: I've I've said right from day one that I have dry settle on McDavid's line. I, I just, they are so good together and I know it takes away from some of the other lines but that line wins you. I mean, the games that they win, it's because that line, the team jumps on their back. Uh, they The Oilers just, I mean, it, they've got a line right now, Nugent Hopkins, Eberly, and Puglia. And if it's not Puglia, it's Lucic. That line should be scoring. I agree. It, so I agree. I, what I think the Oilers have to do is the players an Eberle, and Nugent Hopkins, a Pouliot, a Lucic, all these players that are skilled players that have scored before, they have to make sure that they're playing very good defensive hockey so that they are not uh, a liability on the ice. So that's the first thing they do. So now all of a sudden, if they're playing even, Now our best line is going to beat their best line, and we win the game. Second, they they, –
5: You're right, Rob. I agree 100%. The only thing is – i uh, I think these chasing the game is going to catch up to us eventually. We've got to get some, I'm not saying going to score every game, but you got to get some secondary scoring. I mean, tonight I think Everly had one good shot, and he hit the post or whatever it was. And uh, I, I didn't mind Pujic's game tonight, to tell you the truth, but the bottom line is they've got to bury the biscuit once in a while. Yeah,
3: you know, yeah, yeah you're absolutely happening. right. You're, you're right. I mean, if you look, when the Oilers, we've. I mean, if the things are going the way they are, rest of the season the Oilers are going to make the playoffs. If you well, want to make the playoffs you need every year there's players that come up that surprise everybody. It, it, you have secondary scoring type of players that become heroes. I mean Fernando Pisani here in Edmonton guys that don't expect to they're the guys that score so the Oilers need to find that come playoff off them. They need somebody to step up. To me what Todd McClellan is doing is he's trying everything possible to get those players scoring. He's switching lines up. He's got Lucic down low, moving Pouliot up. He's he's had Everly back and forth. He's doing everything possible. They've got to find their game.
5: Yeah, it's got to come from within. Like uh, we talked earlier. It's not going to come from outside anywhere. There's nobody to call up that's going to score your goals. You're not going to make trades. Ah, at the trade deadline, that might make something. Who knows? But it's got to come from with inside the team. And It's not that these guys haven't scored in the past. Eberle and Pouliot and Nugent. These guys, they can score. Well, for, a for while whatever there, reason, it's just it's just not
3: working. Yeah, well, for a while there, Nugent, uh, Eberle and Pouliot were dominant as a line. They have been in the past. Everly's led this team in scoring three times. Exactly. So, yeah. I... I think what they're hoping is that the Dreisaitl-McDavid line can carry them for a while. And while they're doing that, these players, one of them will have a breakout game and gain the confidence. Because I can tell you for for a fact, and I know this from experience, when you are a goal scorer and you lose your confidence, you don't score. Yeah. But if you have that one game and all of a sudden you get a little bit of swagger back, then you start not thinking anymore when you're struggling you're thinking
5: well it seems to me i like i watching the games it it's like they want to pass the puck in the net every second sometimes goal score you just just fire the damn thing just just fire at the net and who knows what's going to happen right absolutely well and, watch. And we we're trying to be too cute and pass it around two or three defensemen and pass it by the goalie and you know i mean every goal can't be pretty like you've talked about in the past right yeah, you're right just fire, if you're a goal scoring, and it's not going just fire from all angles who
3: knows what right well it's funny I've always been a belief when I, when I was in a, a struggle, I always wanted to shoot more to get out of the exactly. struggle. Some guys are the opposite. They get they start thinking, okay, well, I'm not doing, I'm it's not going in for me. I'll pass it to him because let him score instead. Right. But to me, it, it's the opposite. Shoot more and shoot from everywhere.
5: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I agree 100%, Rob. Well, cross our fingers. Hopefully they can get out of this funk as far as that secondary scoring goes. Eh?
0: Yeah, thanks, Doug. Appreciate it. I'm, I'm glad Doug brought that up because a lot of people have texted in tonight how did Everly play? How did that line play? And somebody uh, texted in. Uh, Frankie says, uh, watching an Everly highlight reel on YouTube, he goes to the net to score. I don't think he does that anymore. Not enough. Fair enough.
3: Well, there was an article. It was written today, and it talked. I think it was was it Ray Ferrero they were quoting. I think it was Ray. I don't. I might be wrong. Or or, or Elliot Free was someone, but they talked about that Jordan Everly is being pushed out. He's not going to the net yep. as much as he used to, and it, and it's true. And Jordan talked about the fact that he watches video. He watches video of when he was successful, where he's been in the past. And the league continues to evolve. And what you could do last year or the year before, the year before that, now you might have to change it a bit. So I might be able to score from 15 feet out before. Well, now the goalie's better. Defensive play's better. Now maybe it has to be from 8 feet out. I've got to go to the net. I got to tip the puck. I got to drive. I mean all these things. So they're doing what they can to get these guys their confidence back, but until it goes in for them, till the the, the breakaway in Ottawa, instead of going crossbar out, goes crossbar in. And this one hits the post. This one right? hits the post. Those go in. All of a sudden, he'll feel good about himself, and things will go back going the right way because they didn't wake up, and their talent was gone. Yeah. So, hope- But,
0: they, but, they, I, I, but I, I think also, like we touched on, there has to be a little more determination yep. to get to get in there to the front on that. I mean, we've talked to death about that's how Maroon scores. Oh, absolutely. And, and, even, and Rob, I I, I, I I agree with you um That still a lot of the goals are scored off the grind. Mm -hmm. But even the goals off the rush often materialize because someone went to the net. Absolutely. Now, how did Sekira get wide open in the slot? Okay, he joined the rush late. But every other devil guy looked for an oiler who was going to the net. Mm-hmm. So no, Leon often will drive the net, but he's so creative. He stops, sees Sekra Sekra's wide open, and he makes your favorite five hole shot on on Schneider. So even a goal like there, you say, well, it was a rush goal. Yes, but everything opened up for Sekra because Dreissel, Maroon Maruna, McDavid all went, went to the towards net. the net.
3: Hey, well, when when you drive, sometimes for Eberle to score, you need Pouliot to drive through the middle to open up room, or if you want. Uh, Zach Cassian wants to break out of his 30 goal or 30 game without a goal. He needs his linemate Lucic to drive through the net and take guys. You, you, it's it's a team game. It's a it's a line for for one guy to score. The line has to create something, and it's not just by passing and skating, but it's by creating havoc in front of that. It's driving a defenseman back. It's putting the puck in the right area on a on a forecheck. The the Oilers sometimes are guilty of they've got control of the puck in the neutral zone. They want to get the forecheck going. And they dump it in without a purpose. They dump it in, the goalie comes out. He stops it, snaps it by you, four check, gone. Instead of putting it soft in a corner or quiet behind a guy so that you can get there first. Um, The good thing right now is the Oilers are in a playoff spot with some guys having absolutely horrific years by their standards. Once those players get back to playing what they're capable of doing, now you think, holy smokes, holy smokes where can this team go? So uh, I, I think that I'm looking at this as a glass half full thing, that the Oilers are where they are with a bunch of good hockey players that have not been playing up to their potential.
0: Three goals tonight. That means a $75 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, courtesy of Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. Booster Juice giving 25 bucks for every goal throughout the season, and you can follow the total on the Oilers page on 630chett.com. Let's hear from Oilers defenseman Adam Larson, who beats his old team. Again tonight, you guys were able to hang in there, and then looked like you got a lot of momentum from that tying goal. Do you feel that was fair to say?
8: Yeah, I. Uh, we probably beat ourselves a little bit in the second period there, and uh, beginning of the third. But I thought we're a patient team, and we know a lot of confidence in the room. And this is the points we're gonna get if we want to be successful. The points where we don't really feel 100. percent. So if you want to be a successful team, we have to keep winning these te- these games. Two wins against your former team uh, must feel pretty good. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, it feels pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Are you able to, like, maybe close the that chapter now and move on? Is it a little bit of a closure for you now, having played them twice? Yeah. Well, it's obviously those games you look at and count in calendar yeah. and during the summer as soon as after a trade. But I mean, for me, it was special going back to Jersey. But tonight I thought it was like every other game. Uh, I met the guys, I met the team, so it's. The first game was more special for me. Just in the grand scheme of things, the, the two points with the sounding so tight, how big is this win for this group right now? It's huge, especially when we haven't had our best performances in the last two games. So moving forward, obviously, we have a really big game coming up, so we just have to build from this game and, and move on to the next one. Thanks. I'll read that, Saddam Larson.
0: Thanks, Brendan. Talking to Oilers defenseman Adam Larson, a 3-2 overtime win for the Oilers tonight. Larson did have an assist in this game. So the Oilers are 22-15-7, third in the Pacific. They're three behind Anaheim, one behind the Sharks. The Sharks have two games in hand on both the Oilers and the Ducks. Calgary has 48, so three behind the Oilers. They'll play the Devils tomorrow and then be here on Saturday. Nashville and Van—I know Nashville's in the other division—but Nashville now has the second wild card, forty-five points, same as Vancouver. But actually, did they update the Kings' win yet? I'm not sure if they did. Uh, But anyway, my point is it's very close. Uh, Yeah, so L.A., uh, Nashville and Vancouver, forty-five. L.A. forty-four. Dallas forty-four. So I mean, you look at—you look at the best non-playoff team has forty-five. The Oilers have 51, so, you know, three-win cushion right there. But like Larson said, it, you know, it's great to get the two points, and especially when you're not playing your best. And, and Rob, you know, it's like, it's like a golfer. Like a guy shot a 59 yesterday or today, and yeah. there's always another putt you could have made. But can you still do well and figure it out when you – because never, you never have all 19 guys playing their absolute best. So can you win sometimes with two lines going or a guy not feeling great or whatever? The Oilers have at least shown the ability to tough it out along those lines.
3: Well, yeah, they have. They're, they're winning games without their, their best game at night. They're, everyone says, well, you've got to have a 60-minute effort, and the Oilers sometimes don't put the full 60 minutes together. Well, no, a lot of teams don't have the full 60 minutes, but you've got to find a way to win those games. And the Oilers are doing a good job that way. They're, they're limiting chances against, which is huge. They're getting timely goal scoring. Their, their number one line has been a true number one line. And th- their goaltending has been very good. I think maybe five times this year, the other goaltender was better. But for the most part, the Oilers have been even or better in the goaltending department. And if you have that... You're in every game, and right now the the Oilers are they're a team that can play one goal games. And there was teams in the past here in Edmonton where they weren't going to play well in the one goal games. It was going to go the opposite way. They become a team that you feel at any point they can win this game, and uh, they continue to bank points and they put them. They've set themselves up very nicely through the first half of the season. Now there's the matter of taking care of the second half when the games get tougher.
0: Downstairs one more time, here's Devils head coach John Hines. Are you at all surprised with the animosity between
9: these two
2: teams?
9: No, not necessarily. I think when you play, you know, a team, uh, same team within five days, I think it's, uh, you know, gets pretty competitive. And, uh, you know, it's good. It's, it's good to have that. I think it brings emotion to the game and a uh, pretty tight game tonight. So
8: what did they do to kind of turn it where you weren't able to get out of your
6: zone
9: as much as you were maybe earlier in the game? Well in the first period we managed the puck and we were hard on the puck and played more in the offensive zone. In the second period I think if you, I think we gave up one odd man rush in the third period in the first period. In the second period we uh turned some pucks over particularly on that first goal and I think they got a little bit of momentum and I thought in the third period we'd do a little bit better job. You not
2: have
9: to do with the outcome of the overtime have you seen? No, no, you know it's it's uh it's disappointing when you lose, you know. I think, and and sometimes it's, if you're going to lose a game, you want to have a team beat you on a real good play. And, you know, unfortunately, we had a, 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 a tough line change decision there at the end, and that you know, was tough to give that up. But that's what happens three on three.
2: Good to be back in the
6: ice in Calgary again tomorrow.
9: Yeah, it'd be good. I mean, I think anytime you you know you don't have the result that you want, it's a lot of times it's better to, to get right back at it, and we have that opportunity tomorrow.
6: What was uh, Sergey missed about the last 10 minutes of the second
9: period? Yeah, he had blocked a shot, so it was just seeing if he could play or not, and he got it out and did a good job.
6: You go to the Keith or you go back to Corey tomorrow?
9: Uh, we'll decide tomorrow. Okay. In general, it seems like you're kind of right at the precipice of getting these points, but is the next step now? You know, protecting the third period lead. Yeah, it's it's finding ways to win the game. I mean, it's whether you have the lead or you're getting three on three or whatever it might be. I mean, we're, um, you know, in in positions to to be able to 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 get the extra point, and we haven't found a way to do it.
0: That is John Hines, head coach of the New Jersey Devils. They are now 16, 18 and nine on the season. So, yeah, some overtime opportunities for them that they haven't been able to finish off, including two against the Edmonton Oilers. Edmonton beat them 2-1 in New Jersey in overtime on Saturday. Tonight, Leon Draisaitl gets the game winner, and the Oilers win 3-2 in the extra session. All right, so here's what's coming up. Saturday, 6.30 face-off show puck drop at 8. Oilers Flames right here on 630 Chad, That'll be fun and keep an eye on the Devils and the Flames tomorrow night. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. Our engineer here at Rogers Place is Troy Bowler. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. More on the Oilers on 630 chedcom You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Paranich Team Broadcast Center. Have a great night.